You're listening to another inspiring teaching from Devonport Church of Christ, Tasmania, Australia. For more information about our church, please log on to www.devonportcoc.com.au. So uh, this is a photo of my eldest son, Jonas, uh, that was taken back in 2004 um, at a place in Nelson, New Zealand, called Rabbit Island. Uh, so that was him on the beach back in 2004. Uh, the, other, the second photo is just before Jonas left home uh, in February 2022 uh, to begin his Melbourne University adventure. And every time I'm in Melbourne and catch up with him and then say goodbye, I, there are normally tears, uh, which is nothing uh, new for me. Next year, my daughter Ruby is off to lead at a summer camp in Pennsylvania in the USA for five months. And uh, she's, she'll be 19 in January. And let me tell you, there'll be tears then, I guarantee it. So, Alison and I certainly are not empty nesters by no stretch yet, but you can certainly see it from here. Uh, my youngest son, Ezekiel, is only in year eight, so I've got some time to go. Uh, yeah, hopefully he might stay at home a bit longer. But we're in week three of a series that I've entitled The Seasons of Life, Growing in the Seasons of Life. And so far we've looked at seasons in marriage. That was the first week. Looked at that if you're married here today, you go through different seasons. Sometimes you're in seasons of spring and sometimes you're in seasons of winter. Last Sunday, we unpacked the season of singleness and learnt that singleness is not a problem that needs to be solved. That indeed, singleness is not a disease that needs to be cured. And so today, next week, I'm going to talk about retirement, which I have no experience in. But I think uh, that we need to maybe look at retirement in a different, through a different lens than what most people do. Um, from a Christian perspective at least. So today, let's use our time together to unpack this season of being an empty nester. Now I don't, just from up front, I'd, I, was, I was thinking about this sermon and I thought, man, I, I don't know about this. I, I have no experience as an empty nester, but I've been doing a lot of reading and I reckon I've come up with some things that I reckon is going to be helpful either way. I've got some funny cartoons there that I thought was funny preparing for this message. But the definition of an empty nester is very simple. It's someone whose children have grown up and no longer live at home. Someone whose children have grown up and no longer live at home. And there are obviously quite a few empty nesters in the room today, so you probably can mentor me about it. Um, There are families uh, in our church who are, are only a few years off, I think, becoming empty nesters. And, uh, and I think that uh, it's important for us to, to learn from each other and to know, well, what does it look like uh, becoming a season uh, of empty nesters? I think as parents, as parents see that day fast approaching, it can be very daunting, very daunting and an emotional time for parents. But I, I, I do believe that God's grace can indeed reveal the sweet joys of that brand new season, not only for, for the, the, the children, but also for mum and dad and what I'm learning that we as parents we never lose that status like we we never lose the status of being a parent but I think that as time goes on as they grow older the relationships with our children must evolve seasonally 
or we risk the, a stalled relationship, I think, and where it becomes stagnant and we don't, does not allow growth and we can, it can become even detrimental for the relationship between parent and child. There's a parenting quote that I heard a long time ago, which I, I think is appropriate and I like. Um, the days are long, the days are long, but the years are short. The days are long, but the years are short. And keeping this in mind, I think, can help us gain a new appreciation uh, for each day while letting go daily. Because I don't think none of us want to be that parent who like, calls every day, who texts every day, um, frustrates our child. Like The truth is, we call Jonas and leave a message and he doesn't get back to us for a week. Like, honestly. Um, unless he wants money. But Ephesians 3, 14 to 16 says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with his power through his spirit in your inner being. And I really do believe that that good word should assure us that God will indeed fill us with his strength uh, for the new seasons that are, that are often ahead as, as parents. Because I think if we don't see that God is indeed, I've been saying this throughout the year in our theme seasons, that, that we need to see that God is indeed at work through all the seasons of our lives, behind the scenes, including the seasons of empty nesters. And I think that maybe sometimes as an empty nester, you can feel a little lost. I mean, think about no more hurried breakfasts to get out, you know, rush out the door in the mornings. Uh, no sport, sport, more sports games to go to. I mean, we are just seriously just on steroids at the moment, taking our, you know, boys to to sports and futsal and hockey and everything like that. Uh, I mean, no more personal Uber services. I think I've done like six trips to to Alveston to Leylands this week and back. You know, no more personal Uber services. Uh, no more large meals to prepare that would satisfy teenage boys that eat a horse every night. Uh, like no kids hanging out at the house after school anymore and so what are the things that we should I think that we should all know during a season of an empty nester and so again um, uh, this has just come through my reading and uh, but I'm, I'm hoping I might hit the nail on some of these I think I have but I'm going to start with this quote without adult children we can express our opinions but we must be careful not to protest their choices With our adult children, we can express our opinions, but we must be careful not to protest their choices. And the first thing that we need to understand, I think, and what I'm going to need to understand, uh, is that you need to transition in your parenting. You need to transition in your parenting. Uh, We spend years as parents telling our children what to do. But when they move out, It's not about telling them what to do anymore. And the danger, I think, for parents is to over-linger the parenting advice. I mean, you can still give advice to to your kids, but you can't make them do what you say anymore. They, they, They need to spread their wings. They need to find their own way. Like when, when our kids were younger, when my kids were younger, it's a parent's job, right, to figure out what is best. But when, when they leave home, 
they are in that role now for better or for worse and I think perspective helps that the aim of parenting and I said this uh, uh, a couple of months ago I think the aim of parenting is to raise little humans to become productive adults that that we would let the arrows fly in terms of their Christian faith and throughout the child raising years we want to create a nurturing environment so our children will develop and become mature not just spiritually but just become mature adults we want our children to be adults and I think maybe we have a situation today in the world where we've got kids or they're adults and yet they've never never been shown how to become adults in a sense we raise kids to leave we raise them to release them and shoot them with arrows as the bible says but if we can't let go and we can't transition in our parenting they may pull away from us um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 7 in the message translation says this, that there's a right, a right time to hold on and another to let go. That there is a right time to hold on and there's another time to let go. So a, I think a great question to ask in a season of becoming an empty nester is what do I need to let go of and what do I need to hold on to? See, what do I need to hold on to and what do I need to let go of? You need to know that you have to let go, I think, of expectations like letting go of knowing things that you would have known about before like getting a tattoo or changing universities or like like there's a difference i think between accepting your kids decisions and agreeing with them and i believe that all parents who have adult children understand that that i think this is a big one for for all of us our adult children will make decisions that we don't agree with but regardless we're called to love them and for them to know they belong like seriously like parents are in the room adult children like have you agreed with everything they've done probably not there's a difference between accepting your kids decisions and agreeing with them i think that to transition in our parenting at this stage is to learn that you're no longer in control you've got to give up control don't try and manage like don't try don't try and manage what you are not managing anymore and I think sometimes as parents you have scars on your tongue from biting your tongue all the time from holding your tongue you give you like you, you give your kids a passport to adulthood and say you are now in charge you're now in charge and like we will just come beside you now like in a mentoring style relationship and a caring relationship i actually watched allison do this as we were driving to hobart last week talking to Jonas you know it, like it becomes a mentoring relationship so I think for those of us who are you know not haven't experienced emptiness says, oh, I think this is a big one I think I'm on the money with this one you've got to transition in your parenting the other thing that I think you've got to understand and I think all parents need to understand this particularly in adolescence as well 
because if you don't train this then, I don't know when you will, don't steal the struggle. Do you understand what I mean by that? Don't steal the struggle. As parents, we want to fix all the problems for our kids. We just want to swoop in there and fix it all. We understand that. Particularly when they're little, we just want to fix all the problems. We want to care for them. We want to... And I think that's appropriate when they're little. That's our job. But it also needs to change as they get older. And I think we, I, as I said, I think you need to start that process in the adolescent years. So many parents want to s- stop their children from experiencing uh, the pain from their choices. Or they want to fix everything and cure and not allow them to feel any disappointment. Man, but that's not going to help them in life, like real life. Like, we, like we've all been fixing our children's problems for a long time and we want to fly in there and fix things, but I don't think that can happen in the empty nesting years. Look, listen, don't misunderstand me. I mean, I'm not saying that you, you don't still help your adult kids. Of course you do. But don't be so quick to steal their struggles away without them dealing with it themselves. Hard to do? Absolutely. Hard to watch? Absolutely. But don't steal the struggle. Like, their problems are their problems. Christian counselling actually has a term for it. It's called actually lovingly detaching. Lovingly detaching. That they need to know, obviously, that they are loved, that they are accepted, that they always have a place that that they can call to, that they always, of course, I'm not saying they don't have that. But you're lovingly detaching yourself from their problems. Because ultimately, they're not your problems. This this is probably hard for people with high mercy gift. But the reality is that you're not detaching yourselves from from your child, but you you are detaching yourself from their problems because they're not your problems. I think don't steal the struggle because I don't think you're helping them in the end. Because real love is allowing your adult kids to experience the pain of their poor choices sometimes. I think sometimes experience is a better teacher than advice. Because the last thing you want to do as a parent at any stage of your kid's life, particularly as a teenager and young adult's life, is to allow enabling. Hello? Like if you're still organising your adult's car, ser- your adult kid's car service because their oil light comes on, or you're booking their doctor's appointment for them and they're 23 years of age, like there's something wrong there. So don't steal the struggle. And I'd say to parents with teenagers, don't steal the struggle. You're not helping them. You've got to know your identity, I think, as an empty nester. Well, heck, you've got to know your identity all the time as a parent. But you've got to know your identity, I think, as an empty nester. As parents, I think particularly for mothers, you want to be the best mum you can be. And especially as Christian parents, you hold on that special calling of raising them in Christ and releasing them raising them in the ways of the Lord, 
to see them become mature in Jesus Christ. And often I think that parents become so wrapped up in being a parent. Mums can become so wrapped up in being a mum. That you forget who you are. And maybe some, you get to the empty nesting stage and all that's happening, you go, oh man, what's my purpose now? I'm not good enough anymore. I've lost my purpose. But you can say those things when you always have placed your identity in being a parent. I've been saying, a number of weeks ago, I've been saying that you can't find your identity in your vocation. You, you, You can't find your identity, it's not being found in a parent. You don't find your identity in a marriage. Your identity must always be found in Christ and Christ alone. I think we've got to know our know your identity in the empty nesting stage. I think the other thing we need to know is that you've got to prioritize your spouse. While our kids are home, they require the biggest chunk of time, the biggest chunk of energy. But the priority always should always be your spouse. Why do I say that? Because at the, once upon a time, there was only two of you. There were two of you before the kids came along. And one day, we all end up back at two. So make time for them when the kids are home so you'll know each other once they leave. Have fun together now so that you will enjoy each other later. Because research actually indicates that the nest is a very cosy place to be. Both men and women report that they look forward to it as a time of greater closeness between them. In fact, intimacy increases. There is less tension simply because they are no longer playing two roles every single day of father, husband, mother, wife. Because in the end, marital welfare is determined primarily by how the couples have related all along and by how much they have neglected their relationship for the sake of the kids. Like if from the start, family satisfaction came from the kids and that was the whole world and not from the husband-wife bond, they'll obviously have little left once the kids are gone. Like so, and that's why there, there is a high divorce rate. Well, what, what are we, we've got nothing in common now. And so I think that don't let these empty nest years become empty marriage years. I was just thinking, uh, husbands, like how many dates can you take your wife out during those years? You could take, take your spouse out on a lot of dates. Couldn't you? Couldn't your husbands? Aren't you doing that already? Like, empty nest times is probably a good time to rekindle the romance. Enjoy each other with the extra time. So I think working on your marriage, cultivating the garden of your marriage, is a lifetime project. 
but it'll help you now, not only now, but I think in the empty nesting years. Proverbs 5, 18 to 19 says, May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Prioritise your spouse in those empty nesting years, and also tweak your life. I think it's an opportunity to tweak your life. Stats tell us that chances are more than one-third of our lifespan still awaits us when you enter the empty nesting years. And I don't think it's a rival should surprise any of us as parents because it's hovered on the horizon ever since your kids were born. Like, as I said before, I'm not in the empty season empty nesting season yet but I got to, I was thinking to myself there's got to be some benefits there's got to be some perks from this like coming home at the end of the day and the house is as, as you left it <laughs> um, having the freedom to be more spontaneous about when we eat and where we eat coming home and the fridge is still full But no doubt that grief and loss are part of this season. But I would encourage you to tweak your life. I encourage you, I think you've got to tweak your attitude as well. That there's a choice to be made. Like, am I just going to grieve that loss of that season? Or am I going to step in and go, you know what, I'm going to tweak my attitude. There are a lot of benefits that are going to emerge from this. This is a new, exciting season that's on the horizon and emerging. I was um, reading an article this week on the Focus on the Family website and it was about a couple on this topic and they dropped their youngest child off to college. So they were in that moment as they dropped their youngest child off to college, they dropped the youngest child off to college and from that they drove straight to the, to the dock and got on a cruise to the Caribbean to celebrate. I thought, that's not a bad idea, isn't it? Like, it, not just in terms of, hey, hey, this is a marker. You know, this is a marker here. And, we're, and you know, that's sad and we're going to regret. But you know what? We're going we're gonna to go on a cruise to the Caribbean. I, I like that idea very much. It just to help them focus on this new and exciting time in their, of their lives. I think also it could be an opportunity to tweak your setting. Maybe at your home, maybe it's time to downsize. Change up bedrooms. I think tweaking your home might be, be able to provide opportunities for more hospitality to Christians and other people. Um, for service that may not have been possible before with a full home. And I think most importantly, it can be a time where you can tweak your relationship with God like you never have before. The Bible tells us that there are many, many seasons in Ecclesiastes 3. There are many, many seasons in life. And for years, you've lived in the hectic, demanding, childbearing and child-raising season of life. A time where you can now, though, take the opportunity to grow closer to Jesus and to see and understand and understand and love the God who has richly blessed you in the past. And he will surely continue to bless you in this season of being an empty nester. Messiah chapter 43, 19 says, See, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. 
Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. There's two points to go. Here's another one. I think that in empty nester times and seasons that you can rediscover your mission. Rediscover your mission. Psalm 90 gives us, I think, empty nesters, I think a sobering reminder of the passing of time, but also a wise prayer for the Lord to teach us to number our days. Because your days are numbered. You have one less day today than you had yesterday your days are numbered friend and so am I and it's wise to teach us Lord to number our days aright to establish the work of our, of our hands and a major segment of your life up to this point has been committed to serving and guiding your kids you know that faithful daily focus on individuals within within your home in some ways can be preparing you for an, another mission a new mission, a rediscover your mission for God's kingdom. So I think it's a, probably a great opportunity to, I'll talk about this next week with retirement though, but it's a great opportunity to redefine your priorities and, and begin new projects. And I think for mothers, it's a renewed opportunity to become like the women described in Titus chapter 2 that says, likewise, teach, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. And then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children and to be self-controlled and pure. That there can be that mentoring relationship that can take place. As I say next week, uh, retirement's not all about you. Hello? Well, hang on a minute, that's what the world tells me. Retirement's all about us. Anyway, I'm preaching next week's message. Um, and I'll just close with this one. Empty nesting times, but still, don't forget that you're still a mum and dad. Don't forget you are still a mum and dad. And that's never going to change. That's never going to change. I mean, I speak to my mum every week, spoke to her yesterday, and like she, she is a mum. She'll be a mum until she takes her last breath. Don't forget you're still a mum and dad. And we'll never lose that concern and love for our kids. And when you get to this stage, you may think, man, I've become redundant. My role, I'm redundant. I've been sacked. And, I'm, and you might think that, man, I don't think I'm needed. I was thinking about that. I just think that you're needed just in a different way. Like even though that our kids will not need us in the same way like they used to, I have a hunch that they will always still need us though. Even if they don't know they still need us, I think they do in fact do. And our job, I think, changes, as I said, to support them, celebrate their successes, mourn their failures, always be available for them, Pray for them daily. Never stop talking to God about your kids. Praise Him and thank Him. Give Him your petitions and your requests. Then trust Him knowing that in the end, He loves your kids more than you do yourself.